Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Caesar Weston coming to you from Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan for episode four of Education Today. Our world as teachers, our world as citizens has changed forever. And it's upon us to adjust. And in this particular smaller lens, it's upon us to adjust as teachers. And so I'm wondering daily, what are we going to do? How are we going to manage this? And it occurred to me to reach out to one of my instructors, a noted teacher and ed tech professional. And uh, I'll put her particulars and uh, Twitter handle, etc., in the information box. But this is this is a crucial moment, and it's important to chat with experts. And so tonight we're going to hear from Darla K. Hill. And this is our dialogue. Hello. Hello, Caesar. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Everybody's well. How about where you are? Well, um, as far as I know, everybody's good here, but uh, they're not releasing any of the numbers. Uh, you're in, remind me where you are. Kazakhstan. Yes, I was just, I, I follow um, a map put out by John Hopkins, and this, Russia's just wide open with nothing showing. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. <laughs> we can just put that one out there. I um yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. Oh, of course. I appreciate your rescheduling. I had to get that baby home. It was they were moving fast um to just get everybody out. I think it, you know, the panic that sets in follows the cases that are identified and we have to get better at that because <laughs> it it doesn't service anyone to panic when a case or two, you know, it's just about being smart and informed, but yeah. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here. And I appreciate you pushing out the questions. I said, I didn't do any prep. I'm just here to help and welcome the opportunity. I think this is a wonderful idea. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, I'm talking to colleagues and just reading the tea leaves, as it were, and I'm just very much aware of how important it's going to be to become really high, uh, uh, high knowledge about online education. And a lot of my colleagues that are in the lower grades, they're, pe people are struggling to figure out what the how we're going to run the program and I know that I I know what I don't know and this is to try to start the dialogue to upskill myself a little bit and maybe learn something new and also put that information out so that other educators that may or may not be in the same boat 
even though all of us are going to be in that boat, um, can have some new ideas to discuss. And so I guess the first question is, what are the online platforms that you find to be user-friendly or that you like using to teach? Well, I tell you, one, depending on where you are on the planet, right, there's so many. But I know that a lot of schools uh, that have already been using Google, Google Mail, Google Education, Google Spaces, that's, that makes the, smart, the smartest sense for those schools. A lot of schools in the United States switched from Moodle to Google. Um, so you can use Google Gmail, Google Classroom. You can create groups. You can do this with a video camera. So I think on that premise, Caesar, it's about looking at what your school has already used. Maybe it is Google. Maybe it's Zoom. Maybe it's another platform that the kids, the students have already used to some degree, that the student, the teachers have used a little bit, even if only part of it. That's where you want to start. You don't want to try to reinvent the wheel if you don't have to. So those systems that are already in place that have been used to some capacity that have the ability to, to change into something like this, where it's video conferencing, or that's where I would start. Beyond that, I really like Zoom. Um, the company that I work for switched to Zoom for a reason because it is more encompassing. We were using Adobe Connect and we switched to Zoom and we had people show up that could never show up with voice and, and video before. It was one or the other. So Zoom, it's easy to use. It's easy to download. You know, it's just simple. Um, WebEx is another one that is also, you can get a free trial. But I think it's <clears throat> as teachers and you bringing them together like this is so important. Talk amongst the teachers, the school administration. I think we're going to do more damage if teachers are using whatever they want um, to try to connect. It should be uniform. I think meetings should occur with teachers first. That's why I love what you're doing, to set that expectation of what is it that we are going to use so that it's the same. And I think most schools are doing that. I'm hearing that Zoom is pretty popular though. So um, yeah. that's my advice. I know there's a ton out there. There's some I don't even know about. Um, there's some that are being pieced together. I do think that the video is important. If you have the option to just talk to kids through a microphone and not see their faces, I think this seeing the faces is so critical. Seeing the teacher, listening to the teacher. Um, so I hope that answered your question. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I am. Um, my knee-jerk response when this, uh, when our professional lives started to change, shall we say, was to go with what people know um, most, uh, that are whatever they're most comfortable with. And the Google Suite is everywhere. Everybody uses it to greater or less degrees. And so that was my first thought. And Zoom, since I already use it and I already am familiar with how easy it is to use, that was also my thought. And so I think there's there's definitely common ground there. I'm, I'm curious how to engage younger students for grade ones or grade twos, especially in, in uh, 
English language learning contexts um, for an international teacher like me, that's that's a series of, of, of complex challenges mm -hmm. that that it, it really it helps to be up close. It helps to be mm -hmm. able to read the room and be able to instinctively and quickly respond oh, to misunderstandings. And I, I can't even I like to draw. I can't even sketch anything on the board, except maybe mm -hmm. I can. And there's an application or a way I can I can dynamically put this into the electronic. Uh, um, venue more easily, mm -hmm. but how do you get with the younger students and to complicate it even further, if you want to speak to it, how can inquiry take place online? Ooh, that's a good question here. I heard, well, again, not to sound like a broken record, if anybody remembers what a record is, start with what you already have as far as, do you have a curriculum that you have to continue to follow? Do you have lesson plans that you have to continue to follow online? How do you change them for online? I Again, I think I mentioned the face, seeing the faces is critical. Class size is important. I don't know how many students you have. Um, if, there, if I were a teacher and I had 30 students, I would rather set up five meetings of six students than one meeting of 30. So you can do it that way because you're going to, the takeaway is going to be more. And you can mix it up as a teacher. They don't know who they're going to be in class with this week, right? Or even cutting it in half. You can also use breakout rooms. But kids that little can't be in breakout rooms alone. You can't push one at first and second. You can for high schoolers and pop in and out. But so I think how many are attending is critical. I think the pre-planning is crucial. What you send out to them, clear expectations, chunking the work, and engagement, what lights them up, Socratic questioning. You flip it. You say, by the time I see your faces next time, I want an answer to this. And you just keep it simple. If they have you know, project-based learning at home, however simple, I think it's important to right out of the gate, Caesar, realize that you cannot teach online like you teach in the classroom. It won't work. You're going to have to pick out the most prominent question, maybe out of 10, and just go with that. Um, and then flipping it. And you can actually, I've, I've had a couple of cohort modules that I'm teaching right now come in with, they have to make a project-based learning endeavor. And all of them are looking through the lens of online. And it's incredible what's showing up. Um, they're even able to partner some of these older kids. Um, they have phones, right? Work together throughout the week to come up with. Um, so flipping the classroom, keeping it simple, having clear expectations, including what you expect of them out of engagement. You know, this is about me talking, not you, showing them how to raise their hand and keeping it simple. You might not be able to have first and second graders sit for more than 20 minutes, you know, um, yeah, and, and then come back. If you have a, then there's the whole parent ring, right? If you can involve the parents, if you have that pathway open and there's two-way communication between the parents. Um, 
you know, that can be a, a big resource too. A, a parent might come in and help you. You could alternate that. And parents like to be involved. They don't know what's going on with this whole. Um, and then connecting with another teacher. If you have a lesson plan that would fit with another teacher, do it together. It, it makes it easier. You could come up with a project together. But what I see rising up out of this is Socratic question, open-ended questions where you flip it and then almost like project-based learning um, where they come up with their own solution. But keeping it more simple because you're right, you're not in the classroom. You're not able to help them hands-on. You're not able to see what they do when the cameras turn off, you know, and get them excited about coming back. Hook something at the end. I had one of my uh, candidates, they have a game going on the side. And that's what they talk about for the first five minutes and the last five minutes. The game that they're all playing when they're not in class. It's an education. So something like that. Um, but everybody's, you know, everybody's, I don't want to say scared because I don't get into fear. But there's a lot of unknowns. <laughs> and depending on your students, if there's a, a language, -ish, a language, um, a second language in the mix like you are talking about, not knowing what's knowing that whatever's happening at home right now is going to be escalated. People are afraid. There's definitely, and I, I'm just so glad you mentioned that. There's there's a yeah. human element to this. That's it's easy to try to just focus on your professional lens and, and try right. to look at everything through that. But I think it's really we can't do that as people it's and time. as teachers right now. Uh, we have it's to. time to rise up. Yes, rise up and be more human. And if you had a plan and for the first 10 minutes you're talking to ease that whatever confusion, or then that's okay. You'll catch up later. That was more important to get them all feeling okay about this. Or I even had a candidate have a Zoom meeting with just the parents first. Mm. That's a simple thing that not a lot of people are thinking about. Um, and most parents are available. Even if it's, I had a candidate say, I have 15 students and I met with two groups of parents and just made them realize that we're all on the same page, that there's a lot that I don't know, but we're going to move forward together and keep these kids engaged. Um, the parents will appreciate it because the kids will be doing work that maybe they enjoy making it fun. You got to, you have to get that engagement piece and it might be something you've never thought you would do, <laughs> but I like the game, adding a game to it, especially for the little ones. And you know how frequently you meet, there's no rules for this. It maybe you think, okay, I'm going to meet once a week. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe it has to be twice a week for 20 minutes or 15 minutes. Um, all of those things are flexible and all of those are in your control. Mm -hmm. So Most definitely. And mm -hmm. to cap it off, I'm glad you, you're, you're bringing the locus of control back to the teacher. Yes. What, what, what should a teacher that's, that's new to educating students online keep in mind in the very beginning? Now you hit on a lot and you might end up restating something. <laughs> no, that's okay. Different. I think to be open to the unexpected that will work, that they might not have thought about. To give themselves time 
to listen to their students, to not just jump in and give a lesson online. You have to get feedback from the students to understand if it's working or not. Ask them questions. Is this something that you think will work based on what you have at home? Or would you rather have a partner help you with this? Um, asking the students what they think and also reaching out to other veteran teachers in that school. I think the teachers have to connect almost more than the teachers and the students first. And sharing what's working. Um, if you have 10 teachers in a school that are suddenly doing this all at once, make a Google space for all, make a space for all of you where you can aggregate what's working and what's not in your own time. And then circle back as a group to say, Here's a tool, you know, that sharing of the resources and the strategies, the successes and the failures amongst the teachers is going to be a critical component for moving this forward. Um, new teachers, I would say, just know that you're not alone. Every company on the planet right now is offering free tools, free strategies. Um, and on that note, also to not feel overwhelmed because there's so much out there that's telling you how to do this. You know your kids. Start simple. Have no, maybe have two expectations that first time you meet with them. And just see what develops and go with what works. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the best laid plans fall apart in the first meeting because, and this is, you know this, Caesar, this is uncharted territory like we have never seen before. And yeah, that would be my advice to just, yeah, talk to other teachers and have maybe a mentor teacher to help you along the way if you can. And I would love to help you more too. Like if these questions scaffold down, I would love to meet with you again. And um, I think it's time. I think it's time for this kind of dialogue and rawness and it's just where we're at. And I think it's, it's good. I'm so glad that you asked me to be a part of this. Well, the pleasure's all mine, and I, I thank you for meeting with me. I, I think yes. that's that that's plenty to, to to cogitate on and think about for a little while. And I'm mm -hmm. going to try to uh, sit back and process that and and get this information out to the world. But um, I have to give you my most sincere thanks. And, oh, you're you're so yeah. welcome. And and you know where to find me if you have any questions or need more clarity. But. Uh, yeah, good luck. I think this is wonderful that you're doing this. One day at a time. Stay safe. One day at a time and stay safe. I will. You too. All right. Bye, Caesar. Bye. That was Darla K. Hill. And I think that there is a lot to think about now. There's a lot to consider what we're going to be doing in our classrooms. But in the meantime, be safe, ladies and gentlemen. This is Caesar Weston from Education Today, coming to you from Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan, wishing you good night and good luck. <laughs>